0: So when you seek spiritual awakening, when you try to learn the mysteries of the universe, God, and you walk this very difficult path, you have to make sure that your energy is directed in the right direction and that your energy is not corrupted in any way, which is also why brahmacharya also means that you don't get angry, you don't get jealous, you know. Now, I believe that the same concept applies to not just spiritual missions, but all missions in life back to Experable. I'm your host, Krati Mehra. And in this show, we learn from the success and struggles of people we admire and dive deep into concepts that help us expand the possibilities available to us so we can freely, boldly design the life we desire, discover the depth and breadth of our capabilities, access the wisdom available in the world around us, and even on really bad days, love what we see in the mirror. Are you ready? Let's go. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Experable. I am so grateful that you're here. Thank you so much for sharing your time with me. And if you've recommended the show to friends or family, an extra special thank you to you. I am always so grateful when my content gets recommended. So if anything that I share resonates with you and makes a difference to your life, please do share it with others as well. I will be deeply, deeply grateful for that. And if there's anything I can do to make this show more useful for you, please do share your suggestions, your feedback, and I promise I will take action on whatever you share with me. Now coming to today's episode, I am going to share with you personal qualities that if cultivated can lead to greater success in life by creating confidence and conviction within you. But before we dive into those seven qualities, I would invite you to consider what success means to you. You know, we are all constantly working towards success. We are talking about it. We are strategizing for it. We are reading books on the subject, listening to podcasts on it. But very few of us have ever really had a conversation with ourselves and tried to understand exactly what has to happen in our lives, in our own little world or the world at large for us to feel like we are a success. Most of us simply take on the general definition of success that's taught to us in school or that our family is most invested in. And rarely do we press mute on all the external noise and think to ourselves that, you know what, maybe success for me is something unrelated to money or fame or accomplishments. Let me stop for a second and invest some time and energy into finding out what success truly means to me and what metrics of success should I be measuring here to understand my own efficacy, my own effectiveness at life. But no, we are like that runner in a race. Somebody just fired that starting pistol and now it's go, go, go. But nobody ever bothered asking if you want to even run the race or not. So for example, if someone is born in a family of Academians that kid grows up being told repeatedly that success is all about academic excellence. You have to learn, you have to read as much as you can. You have to acquire a valuable degree from an awesome university. If it's a family of politicians, they expect their kid, I imagine, I have no idea how what politically inclined families are like, but I imagine they would want their kid to have social popularity, be good at public speaking etc etc. So very few children and even adults, even adults are ever told to decide for themselves what their idea of success is. What would make them feel successful, impactful? What would make them feel like they matter, you know? And no matter what your age is, you can do this work now. You can find out what your life has to look like, what you have to do, have and be. For you to believe yourself a success for me i'm a success if i'm being the best daughter to my parents that is honestly the primary gauge of my effectiveness at life so if my parents are happy if they trust me to take care of them if they rely on me if they feel safe when i'm around if their life is better for my presence in it i consider myself a success And I have given up a lot of career opportunities to stay close to my parents, to take care of them. And honestly, not once, not even during periods of struggle, have I ever felt any regret over those decisions. So even though taking those decisions moved me away from what society considers a success, I was okay with it. Even when I was mocked for my career choices, for the way I was running my life, I wasn't bothered. Because I had taken the time to understand and establish my values, my priorities, and what it is that brings me joy. So please do yourself a favor and do this exercise and don't let your life be run by someone else's priorities, someone else's desires, or their worldview. You know, even if it means that after you've done all of this, you find that money and fame and social status is really what matters to you, it's all good as long as you are consciously choosing that path. Because I honestly believe that if we invest ourselves into pursuing what truly, truly matters to us, we won't constantly struggle with questions like, I have everything I need, but I'm still miserable. I feel lost. I don't know what my purpose is. This job, this title was supposed to feel good, but it doesn't. Also burnout and a lot of health issues will happen less frequently we won't be as restless anymore life will feel good so we won't be lashing out at others our relationships will be better and healthier and we will be healthier another thing i would ask you to do once you've explored your inner self and decided what you want out of life also consider how you want to be perceived by others why because if how you want to be perceived is in contrast to what amounts to success in your life, then you have to very consciously and very carefully decide what takes priority for you. The reason that this is important is because we are all to a certain degree, very ego driven and an awareness of the response we will get socially as in when we start walking a certain path can help us stay on that path. Because that awareness will help us equip ourselves with whatever quality is necessary for us to maintain our focus and self-belief. When other people's judgment starts coming our way and it's negative and it's hostile, if we've already prepared for it, if we've had the awareness that, okay, what I'm about to do, people are not going to like it, it will help you stay on your path. Now let's discuss the seven personal qualities that can ease your path to success, that can create within you a lot of strength and confidence. Number one, value alignment. People who live in alignment with their values have a more fulfilling, meaningful life. The moment you start asking yourself, what does success mean to me? What is it that will make me happy? What do I want to stand for? What do I want to fight for? What do I want to be known for? What will make me feel like my life counts for something? As soon as you start asking these questions, you have laid the foundation for your value system. And if you already have a value system, you are adding more nuance to it with these questions. And when you start shifting your life and all components of it, be it your profession, your relationships, etc., to be in alignment with those values, you are creating a value driven life, a life that is in alignment with your truth. If we spend years and years of our life living in a way that runs contrary to our beliefs, our values, we are 100% going to someday regret our actions. This is a very simple idea. It does not need any explanation. Because if you think about it, if I believe lying makes me a terrible human being, but I keep lying anyways, someday when life slows down and allows me a moment to reflect on my actions, I'm not going to be able to have much love or respect for the person that i become. I will know in my heart that I don't have much of a character and that will really hurt me in a way that would be very, very detrimental to my sense of self, my self-esteem. And it will, of course, deeply impact my mental health, my emotional health, even my physical health. A lot of people struggle with this gap between their ideal and real self. And when that struggle gets really intense... When we find that our real self is really far apart from our ideal self, we find it difficult to respect ourselves. And that makes it hard for us to fight for our own betterment. And that's when feelings of self-hate, depression, apathy, it starts to set in. So it is really, really important that you figure out what your values are and live life in accordance to those values. And there are so many benefits to this work, apart from what we've already discussed. Another benefit is that if you have a a set of values that are guiding your actions, you will become very decisive. Here's a very simple example. I practice a cruelty-free lifestyle. So when I go out to eat, half the menu is already ruled out. When I go shopping, I never buy brands that do animal testing. It's a non-negotiable rule, again, making shopping, which I don't particularly enjoy, a little bit easier for me. So when you live in alignment, you are decisive and you move fast. Only thing is, you have to make sure that your values are very well thought out. You should actually believe that the values you've picked are the right ones for you and that they will actually keep you on a path that you are intellectually, morally, emotionally invested in. It's how journalists, soldiers, activists are able to do what they do, despite the very many risks they take, because they really believe in their mission and they are not willing to abandon it, even if it costs them their life. That kind of conviction comes from having clear values and a deep, deep belief and investment in those values. Also, another benefit I would say is living in alignment with your values will also help you create a degree of detachment from your ego. When we are very ego driven we make choices that are more about our social image but when we are living in alignment with our values when we keep shifting closer to our values our choices will automatically be made in a way that does not leave much room for ego so unless the two are compatible which i think rarely happens when you are doing what your value system demands of you even if it means that people are going to perceive you in a way that is not so pleasant, you won't care as much. You'll do what you think is the right thing to do. You will do what you have to do to stay consistent with your values. Now, the second quality that will ease your path to success is being very, very selective with your energy. I really, really believe that when you are pursuing a big goal in life, you have to be very, very conscious very very careful with where and how you invest your energy you know in the last few months i have been diving deeper into different spiritual religious practices and um, as i was doing that i came across the concept of brahmacharya so i'm a practicing hindu and in hinduism brahmacharya is considered very important for someone who's on the spiritual path in fact, it's, it's happens to be true for most cultures. It's what monks and nuns practice. It's the practice of celibacy. Most cultures, most religions recommend it. So, brahmacharya is a very involved concept that has different aspects and stages to it. But, of course, as I said, most people understand it to be celibacy, the renunciation of carnal pleasure, basically. But the reason that I'm bringing this up is because When I tried to understand why brahmacharya is considered so important for someone seeking spiritual enlightenment, I was a little confused because to me, I don't consider sex to be wrong. I don't consider sex to be a source of corruption, as a lot of religious ideologies tell us. I don't believe that at all. So when I tried to understand why brahmacharya is considered so important for someone seeking spiritual enlightenment, Initially, I didn't really find anything that would help me understand this. But as I was doing my usual religious rituals, I stepped up the intensity of it. After I would get done with those rituals, I would feel very tired. And that would affect my work, obviously. So I had to rethink my schedule and rearrange things so I would be more present during those rituals and also be able to give to my work whatever it needs. And as I was doing all of this, suddenly I understood why celibacy is considered so important. And here's my understanding of it. It's not that you become impure or that sex is wrong, but it's just that when you are on a path that requires as much of you as you know the, the path of spirituality does, diverting your energy into a direction that's as engaging and as demanding as sex can be, will be very counterproductive. And, and here's what Sadhguru has said on the subject. I think that really his statement really clarifies things. And here's what he said, and I quote, a rocket goes up because it is firing only on one side. If it fires on all the sides, it is not going to go anywhere. It will just dissipate itself. Or it will go somewhere without direction and fall apart. What we are trying to make out of a brahmachari is just that they fire only on one side. One that fires only on one side is going to go straight up. And there is a particular purpose to creating such a system. So when you seek spiritual awakening, when you try to learn the mysteries of the universe, God, and you walk this very difficult path, you have to make sure that your energy is directed in the right direction and that your energy is not corrupted in any way. Which is also why brahmacharya also means that you don't get angry, you don't get jealous. You know. Now, I believe that the same concept applies to not just spiritual missions, but all missions in life. When you seek success in a particular direction, you have to direct most and best of your energy in that direction. So, if you're focused on certain goals, you have to become as stingy with your energy as you are with your money. It doesn't mean that you don't get to have other pursuits in your life other than that one big mission. Uh, Of course not. What it means is that whatever is your number one priority gets the most and best of your energy. And then the second priority gets a little less of it and gets done at a time when you are, when maybe you're a little less energetic. Also, I would add here that you should stay away from people and activities that drain you. In my case, loud music, horror movies, big crowds, news channels, all of it exhausts me. So unless I have time to waste, I avoid it all. Same goes for people who bring a lot of drama or are overly negative. If they're important to me, I'll talk to them after I'm done with the priorities or when I have a lot of free time. So to to sum it up, basically, If you are pursuing big goals in your life, you have got to be very, 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 very selective with where you invest your energy and you have to protect your energy from anything that could drain it, be it people, be it certain activities, be it certain environments. So protect your energy and save the best and most of it for your big goals. Right now, the number three quality, be adventurous. Start saying yes to new opportunities and new connections. You know, ever since I was a kid, anytime I would get really, really sad about losing out on an opportunity or a, a project would fail, my mom would always tell me not to get upset because, you know, you never know what God has planned for you. And if something is really meant for you, you'll get it. You just have to keep working towards it. And that's really how my life has always been. I would plan for something and things would work out for me, but in very unusual, very unexpected ways. Sometimes I would get connected to someone thinking, okay, we're going to be friends, we'll talk about movies and books. But it would turn out that this XY problem that I'm, I've been dealing with for so long, this new friend of mine is someone who can actually help me finally resolve it, even though I wasn't expecting it at all stuff like that happens all the time and not just with me but with most people and what that tells you is that whether it's god or serendipity if i if you keep saying yes to new adventures to new opportunities and connections it increases the possibility of something clicking in your favor and moving you in the right direction it's actually simple math you are basically turning the odds in your favor There are also a lot of practical benefits to it. The most obvious is that, of course, when you step out of your comfort zone, it leads to the cultivation of new knowledge, new skills. By saying yes to new connections, it can potentially open doors to opportunities that you may not even have been aware of. Right. You also get to have a variety of experiences, which means that you will fail more. Right. So if you're trying a lot of things, you'll also have more failures in your life. That's very natural. But the good thing is that failures are often the most powerful teachers. Embracing new opportunities helps you learn from a broader range of experience, including the mistakes. Then we also know that overcoming the fear of the unknown and taking risks can substantially boost your confidence. Every time you say yes and navigate a new challenge, you prove to yourself that you can handle more than you believed possible for you. It will make you more resilient. It will also create a positive ripple effect. One yes will lead to another. And if you say yes all the time, this quality of saying yes to new things in life would have become part of your character. The fourth quality now that I would recommend is that you learn to enjoy discipline we've talked about discipline often enough and we all know why it's so vital for success but what I'm recommending here is that you enjoy discipline and not just be disciplined but enjoy discipline create discipline in a way that makes it fun because doing hard things it's definitely good for your character but if you're forcing yourself to do unpleasant things every single day it is not going to last for very long it will burn you out It may even make you hate the work that you are doing, which will lead to a lot of creative and intellectual blockages. So if discipline is a chore for you, something has got to change. If discipline is hard for you, figure out your priorities. Every single day, know what your priorities are, right? Then pick a particular time, a particular place, and even a particular physical state to get those priority tasks done. Now, why I'm recommending this is, that when you repeatedly on a daily basis do certain tasks at the same time in the same place and in the same physical state, eventually after enough repetition, as soon as you approach that place where you work, for me it's my desk, for you it can be something else, as soon as you approach it, your body and mind will automatically switch into gear. Your body and mind will start preparing itself for the work ahead because your mind will know exactly what's about to happen and what mental state is required for the successful completion of what lies ahead. So instead of having to force your internal faculties and resources to cooperate, they'll adjust themselves automatically to support you, which will, if you think about it, it will bring so much ease to your daily work. And over time, this will become a source of great power to you and you'll be able to take on More demanding work, which will, of course, in the long run, attract more success and more growth. Fifth quality, keep your promises. You know, when we are facing new difficult challenges in life, what gets us down is a lack of confidence. And one of the easiest ways for you to have confidence in yourself is by keeping the promises you make to yourself, by actually doing what you say you're going to do. So if you've made a commitment to make your bed as soon as you wake up, no matter how hectic your day is going to be, no matter how rushed you are in the morning or how lazy you're feeling, you make your bed every single morning. If you commit to doing 50 push-ups every day, putting in three hours of solid work or spending time with the family, do it. No matter what it takes, start keeping the promises you make to yourself. And I'm telling you, you will stop feeling so limited, so small when you consider your ambitions. Because with each promise kept, you are creating evidence to support this idea that no matter what else is going on in my life, when I commit to doing something, it gets done. Just as we, through our actions, show other people we can be trusted and relied upon, we have to do the same for ourselves. And maybe in itself, keeping these promises is hard, but put against the mountainous task of developing true faith in our abilities to achieve whatever goal we set for ourselves, it's honestly nothing. So try to always do what you say you're going to do, and over time, you will start trusting yourself and your abilities. You will believe that if you set a goal for yourself, the journey may be strange, it may be difficult, but you will get there eventually. Number six, have a growth mindset. A growth mindset allows you to believe skills and knowledge can grow through dedicated effort and commitment. Even if you believe that you lack the innate talent and you've got no past accomplishments giving you confidence, you can still believe, thanks to a growth mindset, that I can do this if I just work hard enough. On the flip side, if you don't have a growth mindset, as soon as you face failures on your path, you'll give up. You'll stop right there and then. But with a growth mindset, you treat your failures as opportunities to learn, you know, and you start over. That's what all the famous successes of the world tell us. When we listen to their stories, they are essentially stories of persistence. It's all about how many times I failed, but then got back up again and went to work the very next day. So if you don't have a growth mindset, one failure and it's game over. Quality number seven, work on clearing your emotional blockages. All the qualities that I've discussed up to this point have a very direct impact on your work and through it the success you experience or don't. But emotional blockages are a lot more insidious than that. They're more subtle also. They work in the background by impacting your self-perception, your beliefs, your confidence. And through those elements, they impact the goals you pick, how much confidence you bring to a project, how optimistic you are about your success, how much faith you have in your own abilities. These blockages can act like weights around your ankles. They can slow down your progress and make every step towards your goal feel 10 times harder. Think of it like this. Imagine you're trying to climb a mountain, and with every step, there is this invisible force pulling you down. Imagine how hard that journey will be for you. And that is what these emotional blockages can do. They create unnecessary resistance in your journey. But fortunately for us, once we address and release these blockages, things will start to flow more naturally. So take a moment to reflect on what might be holding you back. Uh, Addressing and healing those areas can truly transform your journey to success. And these emotional barriers can include the fear of failure. There's the imposter syndrome, of course. Another common blockage is the belief that we are not deserving of success. We don't deserve to have love and happiness in our life. Again, that's something that stems from past experience or negative feedback. And then there's the paralyzing perfectionism, where we are all so afraid of making a mistake that we don't make any moves at all. Now, addressing these emotional blockages starts with self-awareness. So begin by regularly reflecting and acknowledging your feelings. Journaling can be a very powerful tool to help you identify and unpack these barriers. So once you've recognized these blockages, try to figure out where did they come from? And if there's a personal story or a narrative that's keeping these ideas alive, challenge that story, that narrative, challenge it with evidence of your accomplishments, with positive affirmations. And as we've already discussed, with a growth mindset. Remind yourself that everything is doable. And for you to be successful, you just have to work hard and figure out the right strategy. Another thing you can do is you can reframe those dysfunctional ideas and beliefs and replace them with something more supportive and positive. When you're on a mission in life, chasing an important goal, it is very important that you surround yourself with people who support you, people who believe in you and your mission and generally have a positive outlook towards life also. I've already talked about this, but if you're around people who drain your energy, it can make the journey very, very difficult. So do yourself a favor and make sure that you are doing everything you can to clear your emotional blockages and that as you're working on this very challenging area of life, you surround yourself with the right people and place yourself in the right kind of environment. Now, those were seven personal qualities that I recommend you cultivate to ease your path to success. The wonderful thing is that if you're able to develop even one of these qualities within yourself, developing the next one will become a lot easier think of it like a staircase with the stairs getting progressively smaller and easier to navigate. Of course, it's an ongoing journey. Each one of these qualities is like a seed that you plant. It is going to need water, sunlight, and constant nourishment. So stay in conversation with yourself and continue to nurture what moves you forward. Good luck. Well, what do you know? We've reached the end of this episode. Thank you so much for joining me today for supporting the podcast and for sharing your time with me if you enjoyed this episode consider subscribing to the show on whatever podcast platform you love you can also watch the video version of the interviews and most of the solo episodes on my youtube channel link is in the episode description now if you've made it this far you must love the content at least a little bit or maybe you just like hanging out with me Or there was something in this particular episode that resonated with you. Or maybe it's all of those things. I would love to know. So if you've got a minute, it will be great if you can drop a review on Apple Podcasts or you can send me your thoughts on the show via email. Now, if you want content that goes deeper than even the podcast does with a lot of real life stories, one on one interactions, or just become part of my tribe, subscribe to my weekly newsletter. The link is in the episode description. Once again, thank you so, so much for sharing your time with me. Take care, and I will be back soon with the next episode.